What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Now that the Super Bowl is over, 51 classic between the Patriots and Falcons, we're officially turning the page to the offseason here for fantasy football purposes. And you look at these two teams, uh, you got to look at all the Falcons' changes immediately. And we know that they were a bonanza for fantasy football in 2016, but definitely a lot of changes are coming here for Atlanta. We know that Kyle Shanahan is gone. He took the job as the 49ers head coach. So then you look on the other side, their defensive coordinator also is gone, Richard Williams. So kind of a shakeup here after that collapse in the Super Bowl, 28-3 to lead they blew there, and you knew things were going to change. Shanahan was not let go or anything because he already had this job lined up. You wonder... If he was looking a little ahead to this, but overall he called a good game. He just had a few lapses there in the second half. So we'll we'll get to him with the 49ers at some point here. What we think their prospects are. There are a lot of things we have to see with their personnel to know where they're going. But with the Falcons, we know most of their personnel is going to be intact. And we're going to kind of break them down here going into this offseason. And we'll have to start with a change there. Shanahan moves on to San Francisco. The new guy that comes in is Steve Sarkeesian. It surprised a lot of people when they made this hire, rather quickly as well. He was on Alabama staff there replacing Lane Kiffin, and he got a little bit of heat in that uh, championship game lost to Clemson. But overall, I think Sarkeesian was the best quick fix for the Falcons this late in the game. It's not typical. A team that plays in the Super Bowl has to change coaches. You know that... uh, the Patriots didn't have to worry about that with either Josh McDaniels or Matt Patricia. They typically don't, but the Falcons went so deep in there. The Panthers didn't even have that with uh, Sean McDermott last year. He went on this year after they didn't make it. But So that's a very tough adjustment to make. And with uh, Dan Quinn, I think he just went with a guy that he had a good connection to somehow with uh, Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll usually has put some good guys together, whether it's the college or NFL levels. We've seen Quinn have some success as well in college at Florida. And Sarkeesian's all college. He played at BYU. He's had a lot of success at USC. He had that unfortunate incident that kind of uh, took him away from that. And he's still a money play caller with a lot of his acumen and things he's done in the past. And 
I think for the Falcons, they wanted to keep some of the same concepts with Kyle Shanahan because why would you want to mess with too much of the things that worked last year, especially when it produced an MVP season for Matt Ryan, all those points, highest scoring offense in the league, got them all the way to the Super Bowl, really looked good and hummed along before really that second half of the Super Bowl. They were just gangbusters in the playoffs as well with those wins against Seattle and Green Bay. So they want to keep everything as much as possible the same. I think the one alteration that Sarkeesian is going to do, and this is probably more of a Dan Quinn request, is make this more of a rushing offense type of team. I think they threw a little too much, and it caught up to them only in that last game. But I think with the young defense potentially getting better, gelling more as a unit, being more of the backbone of this team, and Quinn is a defensive-minded guy, so you know he won't mind this game and this team going that way for the Falcons. But I think you keep the two back set. I think it's good news for Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. They both had fine seasons this past year, just a lot of talent between those two guys in the backfield that Sarkeesian inherits. So I think those guys' numbers are going to see a bump. Their touches are going to go up. The yards are going to go up. Potential for scoring is going to be higher as well. Uh, Sarkeesian likes the two-back set. He's going to use these guys as much as possible. And you look at the zone concepts, I think they'll keep a lot of those so their offensive linemen don't have to change up the way they're approaching it. They were kind of picked up for that kind of – style and you really can't reshuffle the line when you have some good growing stability there so they'll keep a lot of that they'll keep the play action and bootlegs that made Matt Ryan so effective throwing on the run playing off that running game I think he's going to do a lot more of that where the run is going to be more intact I don't think they want him to flirt with 5,000 passing yards again that's because really look at it they want their defense to improve there was so much burden on that offense it finally caught up to them you look at giving up over 25 points a game it's the highest scoring defense that's ever played in a Super Bowl so you look at that that uh, I think this will be a little bit more of a balanced team they were trying to do that they were dangerous with multiple weapons with Freeman and Coleman but I don't think they sat there and said we're going to go into a game and make sure these guys get 25 to 30 combined touches where I can see a lot of that more next season now that this offensive line is gelled. Sarkeesian can work with them a little bit more to keep them up at that level. So I forecast good things for Freeman Coleman. Freeman notably has an issue that we have to keep an eye on. Are they going to keep him beyond 2017? We've got to see he does become a free agent as his rookie contract will expire. So we'll see if he gets an extension. And that will kind of give us an indication of how much they want to go with him. And Freeman, if he doesn't get extension, there's also motivation there. So he can sign with another team. He's a very talented back. He's proved in the past here when Coleman was hurt in 2015 that He can carry a bigger load. So this is going to be really good things for Freeman. No matter how you slice it, either he's going to get the confidence of the team and be locked up, or he's going to have a lot to play for for that big next deal in the NFL. So that's good for him. And then Coleman, the offshoot of that. We'll have to see if they're not committed as much to Freeman and don't give him that deal right away. Then Coleman is set up nicely, especially if 
you're looking at him as a keeper league and deciding uh, got him in the late round and you want to know if you want to have him stick around, I think definitely he's going to have a key role in this offense no matter what, even if Freeman's there. But there's a potential in 2018 that Coleman becomes the feature back here where the Falcons say, hey, we can't, can't afford to have these two backs around. We'll just draft another one here behind Coleman. We like what the luxury provides us here with these two backs, but it may not be for more than one more season. So it, it's a pretty critical season for the backfield. It could also be a very big season in terms of production, even bigger all around than we saw in 2016. Now for Ryan, that of course will scale back his production a little we saw that he's been through the ringer here with these offensive coordinators. Started his career with Mike Malarkey, and then he had uh, Dirk Cutter, then he had Shanahan, now he has Sarkeesian. You don't know how exactly Ryan is going to respond, and I think that's the key is trying to keep him at the same level without changing it up again for him. It's kind of a credit that all these guys, Malarkey and Cutter and Shanahan, have NFL coaching jobs because. People remember some of the things they did very well with Matt Ryan, and that's why they're in the positions they're at currently. We see that with Mike Malarkey working with Marcus Mariota, getting him to be an efficient running quarterback, passer on the run, especially uh, protecting a ball and executing in the red zone. Dirk Cutter is trying to help James Winston kind of get where Matt Ryan is at this point. And Kyle Shanahan the 49ers quarterback TBD, I doubt it's going to be Colin Kaepernick, that you're going to have a chance to uh, create some kind of uh, high level of passing success in other places. And that's part of because of having Ryan as a good test subject here. So we know he's smart enough to pick up a lot of offenses and find finally find his way in them. He did have a rough go of it with Shanahan, there in 2015 but you saw when he put it all together had that full offseason learned that he was locked and loaded so I don't know why you'd want to throw this Ryan off he's playing the best football of his career right now carried you all the way to the Super Bowl so that's going to be key or just tweaking a little bit maybe things concepts that uh, Ryan was used to for Shanahan but I wouldn't expect a drastic change. I think the one thing that could be is the volume gets adjusted more to the backs. Like I said, the one thing you look at for the Falcons is their receiving car. Taylor Gabriel, they kind of picked up on a flyer there after the Browns got rid of him. So he can be a free agent. They just signed Mohamed Sanu last year. So I would expect the pecking order of this offense remains similar. Gabriel should still be rather cheap for them if they want to bring him back. I think Sanu technically is the number two receiver here, but we know that they've spread around between Gabriel and Coleman as who's really the second target that opens up when Julio Jones is either bottled up or covered pretty well by one guy. So I think Sanu could have a bigger role here. Maybe Gabriel will try to cash in elsewhere. Somebody will see his speed as an asset and sign him now that he's uh, raised his stock significantly from the Browns. But I think they'll try everything they can to keep him because he's a special player. We'll have to see if they can't keep Gabriel or regardless if Justin Hardy can really develop here. I know there are some attributes they really like him, like about 
him as an all-around receiver. He was a very prolific guy at East Carolina. Still kind of finding his way as a route runner, impact player in this Falcons offense. So it'll be interesting to see how far Justin Hardy can get up the depth chart here. I still figure it's Jones and Sanu 1-2 no matter how you cut it in this wide receiver core going into 2017. To me, the most intriguing player in this passing game that could have a big spike is Austin Hooper at tight end. You saw that great touchdown pass that Ryan threw to him. I think this is a sign of potential things to come. Hooper was banged up for a lot of his rookie year. He comes out of that same Stanford tight end factory that we've seen that has uh, produced a lot for uh, Zach Ertz. And you look at Hooper, just a very good athletic talent, has some pretty good hands. Jacob Tammy, we know, is still around, but he's always an injury risk. He's getting a little older. Levine Talalo is more of a blocker type that kind of has been elevated to receiver when they've needed it. But I think Hooper gives you more of a complete package. He's younger, potential to go off second year. The tight ends tend to have the light go on then. They're a little ahead of the curve than wide receivers. So Hooper's a guy that I'm circling as a big-time sleeper in this offense. I think with Sarkeesian, with his history, you saw that he worked with uh, O.J. Howard there, who's going to be a big-time draft pick from Alabama at that position. He's rising up the charts as we speak. So he does know what a game-changing athletic tight end can do. They had some of that stuff there as well at USC. So I think Hooper is going to be the big beneficiary from the passing game with the Sarkeesian hire. So like I said, Tammy and Talalo have their moments and there's sub package type players, but Tammy is a free agent as well. So I would expect the Falcons to really let him walk. Think about letting him walk here with Hooper looming. Just have to make sure his health is okay. They do have Talalu for the blocking purposes. So they've got that position taken care of. So really this is a good chance for Hooper to sign. If Gabriel leaves, I think he moves up even more. I think he can be a bigger part of this offense, a lot bigger than Justin Hardy can be at this very moment. So that's the guy I really like here. And, uh, there's not much not to like with Hooper. He, and I think the Super Bowl is going to be a nice springboard for what he can produce going forward. Now, we look at the last aspect of the Falcons, and their defense was extremely hard to play in fantasy this year. A lot of young guys still finding their way, gave up a lot of points, typically didn't force a lot of turnovers. The sacks, it was a little bit misleading because he had Vic Beasley being a monstrous sack performer but really not much else there rushing the passer and having an impact so that's where you have to see can the Falcons also springboard from this can Deion Jones Demonte Campbell you got Beasley maybe being a steadier pass rush presence maybe getting a few more turnovers forcing them with his pressure next year so you got a nice core of linebackers there with the that trio Jones especially I think he's already proved to be quite an IDP asset, but I think he could be a bigger version of that and help this team overall make some more plays in the ball. I think having Desmond Trufant back, hopefully healthy outside at one of the corners, is going to help. You saw that uh, Robert Alford and uh, Ricardo Allen 
Jalen Collins. These guys made a lot of plays in the playoffs. And I think as Dan Quinn gets another offseason to work with them and to kind of make them gel, I think they'll be a more effective playmaking unit overall. So we're going to have to break it down, look at their schedule, and go from there. But the Falcons stand out here as a sleeper defense, definitely to watch with all that playmaking potential. Are they going to give up some points and yards again? Probably, but I think they shore those up a little bit but also raise the level of their playmaking. So they're a fantasy defense on the rise. I'm not going to go out there and be excited and draft them, but there's some thing about them that you have to watch, especially with Dan Quinn at the helm. We know what he did with Seattle's defense, making it now still, after he's gone, the number one consensus fantasy defense that everyone goes after. So I think there's kind of your comprehensive early sneak peek at the Falcons off season. A lot of changes already for them, but a good talent, good system in place for not only the running backs, but Matt Ryan and his receivers to kind of uh, maybe not expand too much on the success, but at least stay on that level. And you'll take that because it was a highest scoring in the NFL level and uh, We'd hope that uh, Ryan doesn't have too much of a drop-off, but overall there's good confidence, even with the big change from Shannon to Sarkeesian, that the Falcons won't disappoint in fantasy. So there you have it. There's your look at the Falcons on Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll dive deeper into them as free agent uh, statuses go and uh, all that good stuff coming here in the offseason, just a taste of that. And uh, we'll be here all off season to break down things we see that are key free agency of coaching changes uh, all that good stuff to let you know how these teams are shaping up for fantasy football in 2017 because it's never too early to do some good advanced scouting so locked on fantasy football this has been Vinny Iyer make sure you're checking out all the great podcasts on the locked on network they are in progress we have a great NFL draft show here coming up it's not too long from that happening with the the big time events including the combine so you want to stick with us for that and of course all your favorite nfl teams in off-season mode nba teams in in season before playoff mode and then locked on basketball to get your fix there with the fantasy hoops while you wait for fantasy football to begin again which won't be as long as you think so we'll see you next time for locked on fantasy football what you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop! At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.